welcome to Long Hill Chapel Online. Thanks for checking out our podcast where you can listen to our latest sermons filled with teaching, encouragement, and hope from God's Word. So whether you're in the car, on the couch, or just poured some coffee, let's dive into today's message. Well, hi, friends, and welcome to Long Hill Chapel Online. We're so glad that you've joined us, and I can't believe it, but it is one week until Christmas. Next week at this time, we'll be all celebrating Christmas and and hopefully just engaging in the joy and the hope that comes with the season where we remember that the real reason is that Jesus Christ came. He came to earth in a form that we would understand fully God, but came to give us hope and to save us from ourselves and from our sin and to give us an eternity with him forever and ever. But today, we conclude our series called Unlikely, and it's really looking at how the Christmas story is an unlikely story. The way that God shows himself, he shows his power in the story is not what anyone would have expected. You know, as I said, we're going to gather in just a few days, and many of us are going to gather with family. And one of the things that happens all the time at holiday family gatherings is stories, you know, someone will remember the time that the, you know, the, the, the dinner got burned or they'll remember the time this person came in later, something happened. And there's all these stories of remembrance that are around Christmas. You know, my family is a great set of storytellers. And so they will all recount stories of times gone by, of seasons past, of things in the past. And there's always laughter. And occasionally there's some poignancy because uh, there's some more serious moments. But we tell a lot of stories as families. And it's something we do constantly and we do it together. When I was a little bit younger, whenever that story would start again, and all of us have the person in our family who they they tell the stories and sometimes they tell the same stories. When I was younger, I would roll my eyes just a little bit when the story would start for what seemed like the millionth time. But as I've gotten older, I've come to really not only appreciate, but to long to hear those stories. And even when I was younger and a little bit annoyed by them secretly, you know what, I I love them and you probably did too. And there's a reason for that. Because the stories that we share, that we recount, that we retell over and over again, they're more than just nostalgia. It's more than just looking back and longing for and remembering the past. It's actually part of our identity because our stories remind us of who we are. Our stories remind us of what family we're part of for better or for worse, they remind us of who we belong to. And it's not just identity. It's not just who we are, who we belong to. It's connection. It's something that connects us to each other, and it's something that connects us to something that is so much greater than the present moment. And I think that's the reason we come back to familiar things at Christmas. We've talked a little bit about that in previous weeks. There's something about the familiar. We sing the same songs. We watch all of the exact same movies. We watch Christmas Vacation. We watch A Christmas Story. We watch that Claymation Rudolph movie where the animation really isn't very good. We watch the Peanuts Christmas special, the holiday special. But we do all of that because it reminds us and it connects us to something. So stories are incredibly powerful. You know, and if you've paid any attention to the news over the past few months or the past year, or really at any point, you've seen a lot of things. And many of those things are disheartening things. You know what struck me about all of those things? Is that all of them are driven by one thing. They're not driven by a weapon or a machine or a government, but they're driven by what I believe is the most powerful man-made force in our world. 
They're driven by a story. You know, nations get up and they go to war even because of a story they believe about how things should be for better or for worse. And so when a story is taken up by a person, but then it's taken up collectively by a group of people, for better or for worse, that story has the ability literally to change the world. So when someone takes a story and then that story gets spread through them to other people, it's a story that suddenly has the ability to have very, very powerful impacts. Whether they're for good or for ill, that story can literally change the world. Now we gather here in the middle of the Christmas season, and unlike any other time of year, we're surrounded by stories. It's the season of stories. We embrace secular stories, children's stories. We watch movies. They're stories that are told to us by advertisers about what we need to have the perfect Christmas. Stories about things we must do. And these stories move us in a direction. You know, the title of our series has been Unlikely, and it's how God's power shows up in the Christmas story in such unlikely ways. And it turns out, though, that this story, besides being an unlikely story to begin with, is shared in an unlikely way with an unlikely group of people. But then there's something that happens, and it's what we've just talked about. That group of people makes it their story. They begin to tell one person after another after another. And over time and over the course of those tellings, it literally changes everything. It literally changes the world. And so we're going to read once again that familiar story that we all come back to today, the Christmas story found in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. We're going to begin kind of going back a little bit in verse 8, and we're going to read through to verse 20. It goes like this. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring to you good news which will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, and lying in a manger. That was last week. That was the recap. But here's the next part of the story. Verse 13. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and had gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And so they hurried off. And they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all of these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Have you ever gotten excited about something? You know, we get excited about restaurants and new TV shows and new places that we go or a book that we're reading or a podcast we're listening to or a new band that we've discovered. You know, I have my whole list of those things and you have your list too. What happens when you're excited? You want to share it. You want to talk about it. And when people hear you talking about it and you share it with them, they either get pulled into your excitement, they think you're a little bit nuts and possibly a little bit of both. Why do we do this? Because we want to be the person who 
told them first, but also because you and I love whatever it is so much that we don't want to keep it inside. You know, last week here at Long Hill Chapel in our in-person services, we had a baptism service. One of the great joys I have being a pastor in this church is that we're doing more and more baptism services. And if you're a follower of Jesus and you have not been baptized, it would be our honor to do that and to participate in that with you. But one of the best parts of the services when we have them in the course of what we do here on Sunday mornings is to hear the stories of people. People share their testimony and they share their story. And that happened last week. And I was standing there watching it and I had to get up and preach a message afterwards. And I didn't really feel the need to do it. I did it anyway, but I didn't feel the need to do it because a better sermon had already been given. You know, if you happened to be there last week, you felt it. And I left that service so reminded and so encouraged. And you know, as a gathered community of faith, there are so many ways we do that. That's why we sing songs and why we worship together. It's why we gather together. We're here to tell the story again of Jesus and to remind each other of it. But when we do that, when that story is our story, just like those folks who were baptized, there's something that's so much more powerful than even the most prepared, most polished sermon or message or speech. And the reason is simple but profound, and this is the reason. God's power is released when we retell our story of him. And you know what? God knows that. It's not just God revealing himself. It's not just the story. It's not just the facts and the figures, but it's our story of God doing it. You know, when something is yours, you see it and you tell it differently. You know, we've all seen announcements of people who are going to have babies or people who are going to be married. Back in the day, they used to put those in the newspaper. But think about the difference when you read one of those verses when it's yours. There's an excitement. There's, there's an embodiment. There's something that drives it home and brings it home and makes it incredibly personal and powerful when it's ours. Why have a bunch of angels announced to some shepherds who wouldn't even be trusted as credible? You know, this sounds like a terrible marketing strategy. If you're trying to advertise something or get the maximum impact or have the most number of people hear a message, this seems like a bad way to do it. It's not very impressive. It's not polished. Why not have the angels make this big appearance in the midst of the biggest city to the most powerful and most influential people? But instead, they go out to the countryside to the small group of shepherds who were not people who were even seen as credible and trustworthy people. And God shares the message of Jesus, the hope that has come to the world, that since that time, thousands of years later, we celebrate by extension. He shares it with this small group of people who could only tell one person after another. And it says in the passage that they just did it over and over again. The shepherds had returned glorifying, praising God. And they just keep telling everybody and spreading the word, but they do it one person at a time. Because here's the thing, and I think this is something we miss about the story of Jesus or the story of God at work. It's not just about the message. It's not just about the right information or the data or the facts. It's about how that message is carried in you and how it's carried in me, just like the shepherds. And I believe it's not just trying to put the best light on the story. 
how to tell it in the most powerful and evocative way, the facts and the figures and the information of who Jesus is. It's about how it changes us when it becomes our story, when it becomes something that's internal to us. When we retell that story, there's so much transforming power in it. It's how a simple testimony, the story of God at work in our lives, just like we here at Long Hill Chapel heard last week in the baptism service, so easily outshines the most eloquent and well-crafted sermon. Now, as I say this, some of you I know are thinking this in your head. They're like, well, my story isn't that great. It's not that interesting. There's some some moments that I'd prefer not to talk about that have happened in my story. Maybe it doesn't even make you look very good. But that's the good news of Christmas, folks, is it's not just about the facts and figures. It's not just about the data points. It's not just about all of that. It's how God's power is released when you tell your story of God. It's unlikely, just like the shepherds retelling their story of God. Throughout this whole series, we have seen how unlikely people, unlikely events, unlikely unlikely ways, unlikely places, unlikely choices have been the things that God has used. And you and I are actually invited to become the unlikely choice. You know, God doesn't choose to show his power through the most polished or eloquent people, through the the pastors and the preachers, although God does that anyway. He shows it most powerfully through your story of him at work in your life. And he does the same with me. And when we share those things and we retell them, even for the millionth time, there's something new, there's something fresh, there's something powerful, there's something unlikely that happens that God uses. Think for a second about how Jesus came, this time we celebrate here at Christmas. Jesus didn't send a message. He didn't have a banner pulled behind an angel in the sky. He didn't give us an inspirational talk or some helpful advice. And he didn't even just like dispense some truth from a distance. He is the truth and he is the life and he showed up. One of the scriptures we read often, John chapter one, it says, The Word, God became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld the glory of the Father, full of grace and truth. So Jesus didn't just send a message. He didn't just tell a story. He came into our story, into your story and mine, and he became present. And in those moments, it became our story. Now, if you ever had one of those people when you're in a difficult place in life, a difficult situation, or something's gone wrong, you're trying to figure something out or fix something that offers helpful advice from afar, you know, that's sort of helpful sometimes. Maybe it's the opposite of that sometimes. But what really makes a difference is when someone shows up. You know, they may not have the best solutions and the answers for our problems, but they're present with us in the midst. It changes everything. And when you make the story of God in your life, maybe you don't think it's an amazing story. Maybe you don't think it's a very interesting story. Maybe you can look around and see all the other stories. I want you to remember this Christmas that it's not about the facts and the figures and the information. It's not about the data points. It's not about your ability to market or put the best spin on Jesus. It's actually about the fact that when that story becomes your story, there's something powerful that God does, just like he did with the shepherds. 
And this is a story that literally, once it was taken up by that few group of people, and then it spread to another larger group of people, and then it spread over time, and eventually it spread to us, it is a story that to this day literally changes the world. So this Christmas, I just want to offer you a challenge, something that you and I can do. Take a step of faith and just tell one person your story, your story of God, your story of how God has been at work in your life. Even if it doesn't seem like it's the best story, even if there's questions, even if there's difficult moments, when we retell the story of God, but we retell it as it's our story, just like the shepherds, there's a power, there's an excitement, and there's a purpose that's unleashed. And I believe that it's precisely how God wants his story to get out. Don't worry about whether it's the best story. It's not even about that. The shepherds only had the story of what they had seen and they had heard. They were just witnesses to this event. And you know, it's not even about the story being new because the Christmas story is an old story that we all know. Remember, we come back to the same things every Christmas, but here's what it is about. It's about how this story becomes new in us, how it becomes new in you and I. And I believe that one of the ways that it becomes new, that it's not just a tired story that we return to, is when we retell it. When we share it again, when we come back to it, when we recount it, when we remember it, it changes us. It changes the people around us. It challenges us. It encourages us to keep going. And you have no idea how God can use the story that you're so familiar with in your life to impact someone else. Because when a story is taken up by a person and then it's taken up collectively by a group of people, for better or for worse, but in this case, for better. That story has the ability to change a life, starting with yours, but also to change the world. Would you pray with me? God, we look around our lives this Christmas maybe again, and we, we look around and most of us, you know, we're, we're not all that impressed. We see all the ways our story could be better. We see the ways we could put a better spin on it. There's some parts we'd rather gloss over. There's some things we'd rather skip or redo. There's some things we'd rather embellish a little bit to make us seem and look better. But would you help us understand that our story of you is the story that has power in it. It's the story when you, where you've been at work all along. And just like the early shepherds who seemed like some of the last people who should be the carriers of such good news of great joy, which will be for all the people, you revealed that message to them so that they could take it up as their story. And it wasn't about their qualifications or how eloquent they were or how influential they were because they were not. It was about the fact that the story of God had become their story too. Would that be true for us? Would you show us how you've been at work in our lives? And this Christmas, would you give us the courage, the excitement, the enthusiasm to share our story of you at work with one other person, knowing, trusting 
even hoping that this Christmas, that story would be taken up. It would ripple, it would resonate, and it might literally begin to change the world. We thank you for our time together. We thank you that you came in unlikely ways to unlikely people and that your power, the power of Christmas, is shown in the most unexpected places, and that includes us. We thank you that that is true. Help us remember that. Carry it with us. Retell it and relive it so that your power would be seen in all the world. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening today. To connect with us further, you can visit our website at lhcnj.net or on social media at lhcnj, and we'll be back next week with another sermon. Until then, have a great week and God bless. Thank you.